Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Hi friends, my name is Brenda. Walton and I are glad you've joined us for this podcast, Walk with God. We have been moving through the Gospel of John this fall, and we are in chapter four. Last week, we began in chapter four as Jesus had arrived in Samaria. The text tells us in John four that he had to pass through Samaria. And we talked about the fact that Jesus went that direction because he had work for his heavenly father to accomplish. In fact, he arrived at the well of the city of Sychar, and there he met a woman, and he spoke with her. He broke all kinds of cultural norms that day. He spoke with a woman. She was a Samaritan. The Jewish people did not speak to Samaritans, and she pointed that out to Jesus as he asked her for a drink of water. And then Jesus said to her that he had the gift of God, and they got into a conversation, and it's amazing in this particular conversation because Jesus knew the wound in her soul, the place where her heart was the heaviest. This woman had had five husbands, and the man she now lived with was not her husband, But Jesus did not condemn her for that, but rather offered her that gift of eternal life. And as their conversation continued, she said to him, are you a prophet? And she had this discussion about him of the Jewish people worship in Jerusalem and we worship up on Mount Gerizim. And you can imagine Jesus looking at this woman and saying, I have so much more for you to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Well, today we're going to continue because as Jesus and this woman were ending part of their conversation, his disciples arrived back and they now have an interaction with Jesus. And we do the rest of the story, uh, especially of this amazing interaction between Jesus and this Samaritan woman. Um, The disciples of Jesus, they return, and they're amazed, and they're confused by what's going on. And beginning in verse 27 of chapter 4, at this point, his disciples came, and they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, what did you seek, or why do you speak with her? Um, The disciples are amazed, but they don't ask very obvious questions. Like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to this woman? She's a Samaritan. Do you know she's a Samaritan? And, um, and the disciples are just trying to figure out, well, what is Jesus doing? Um, the disciples ignored the woman. I mean, they're interacting, and their leader's talking with her, yet they were not, not even concerned about the reason Jesus was having this conversation. Jesus has a divine appointment, and the disciples seem um, oblivious of this. And continuing in verse 28, so the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and they were coming to him. 
Um, the, the story gets even more interesting because she left her water pot there at the well. The whole purpose for her walking out to the well of Jacob was to fill this water pot and then bring it home. But she left it there. And, and really, it's almost like she left um, the burden of a water pot so she could quickly go into the city and tell others what was happening. But she also left more of than just a burden of a water pot. There was a burden in her life. And um, I don't know who this is relating to right now. We, we have um, just the thought that each of us have burdens in our life. And can we bring them to Jesus? And can we lay them at his feet? And, and can we allow him to, to help us become unburdened? And that thought here too, Walt, that we're all broken we are we're all sinners we all have wounds we all have brokenness and jesus has the answer to that for each of us in our lives and it amazes me in this part of the story that this woman went into the city and talked to the men probably though some of those who maybe had taken advantage of her over the years or you know uh, scoffed at her and mocked her for who she was as a woman and yet she was willing to share her story because she said could this be the Christ because he told me all that I have done. And she knows he's a prophet. She's already said that. But at the same time, she goes into the city, tells the men in there that Jesus told me all the things I've done. Um, She's opening herself up because this one man has revealed himself to her. I am the gift of God. That's Jesus. And so she was willing to share her story to tell the men about the conversation she just had out at the well of Jacob. She invited the men, come, meet Jesus. And this uh, begs the question, what's your story? The woman in, in John 4 had a messed up life. Maybe you have just as messed up of a life. But she was looking for love in all the wrong places. She wanted to be valued and treasured. She wanted to be loved. Um, we're all broken. We all have wounds and scars, some because of our own sin and some because of sin and wrong others have done to us. They've taken advantage of us. Friends, we want you to know that your story matters. Your story makes a difference. This woman ran back into Sychar, and she told everyone, come see for yourselves. Well, then, continuing in this passage, this woman's left. She left her water pot. She went running into the city. But now it takes the scene goes back to the well. Meanwhile, the disciples are urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, you can see them like shrugging their shoulders and no one brought him anything to eat, did they? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and there comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice. For in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored 
and you have entered into their labors. And, and the disciples are, are concerned because Jesus was tired. The reason he's not going and trying to find food is he, he's exhausted. Um, and at the same time, they're urging him to eat. And Jesus is going to use um, just common everyday um, concepts of eating or needing water. And he's going to give them special significance. He's, he said, don't you understand? I have other food. And the disciples look around and say, who got him some food? And Jesus says, no, I, I'm fed by doing the will of my father. I'm fed by accomplishing my father God's work. And he says, look around, there are many who are ready for the harvest. And just this commendation, um, it's, it's time. It's time to tell somebody. It's time to plant a seed. It's time to reap. Well, as the story continues, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his words, and they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves, and we know that the one, this one is indeed is the Savior of the world. And so from this part of the passage, the disciples and Jesus are out at the well. They're having this conversation, and Jesus is pointing and saying, the harvest, the harvest is all around. And in fact, here comes the harvest. Here come the group of Samaritan men. They're following this woman back out to the well. Could this be? Who? Who is she telling us about? And as they come out and they meet Jesus, they believe. They they initially they believe because the Samaritan woman has shared with them this could this be the Christ? This man certainly is a prophet. And then it they ask him, Will you stay here? Will you stay? And the text actually tells us Jesus agreed and he stayed for two more days. And I love the part where many more believed because of his word. And they said initially to the woman, we believed in him because of you, because of your testimony, because of the word that you brought back to us. But many more believed as they listened to Jesus teach and share over those two days. It's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves Have you heard the good news of Jesus for yourself? Because he indeed is the savior of the world. We know this one is indeed the savior of the world. Remember that your story makes a difference. It might be messy. There might be a lot of garbage in it. There there is for most of us. There is. Our, Our stories are messy. We need a savior. We need a redeemer. Well, today we want to finish chapter four with one more story where Jesus performs a miracle. So beginning in verse 43, after the two days, he was in Samaria, he went forth from there into Galilee. So he's Jerusalem, he's walked up to Samaria, now he's up in the Galilee region. Jesus testified, a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, The Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they themselves also went to the feast. So remember, Jesus, in the end of chapter 2, he was 
in Jerusalem for the Passover feast, then in chapter 3 had met with Nicodemus. Now continuing in verse 46, therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. Now, I've read those verses, Walt, and as I'm reading them, I'm on the bus in Israel. How yeah. about you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you we, know. we go through Cana, and um, actually, it's almost 20 miles um, from down on the Sea of Galilee up to Cana. A very hard day's work. Oh, it, it, it'd mm-hmm. be an extremely rugged walk because you're um, you're going up in elevation to get um, to Cana, and um, and yeah, they are coming, and they're uh, they're wondering, okay, what is going to happen? Well, therefore, this is continuing the story. He came again to Cana, Galilee, where he had made the water into wine. And, and, and there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus had come out of, into Galilee, he, he goes to them. And, and this royal official is saying, my, my son's going to die. Can you do something? And, and just even, can you do something? And Jesus said, yeah, you want another sign, but, but you won't believe well, the royal official said to him, Sir, come down to before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. That active, you, you can go now. Your son lives. He's not going to die, not from this. He, he's going to be okay. And then the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he started off. He, he heads back to his, his uh, hometown. Um, and even as he's going, you just... John continues to talk about people who believe. I mean, this is a royal official. This is, a, this is probably a, a Gentile. I mean, even if he's not a Gentile, he, he could be um, a Herodian Jew. But at the same time, this is someone that's not a religious man at all. This is someone that, that comes and he says, will you help my son? And Jesus said, yeah, go back to him. And he believes. And I kind of, you know, as I read through this part of the passage and reflect on it while these verses, you know, you can see a man and a woman, they've got a son that's sick, you know, nigh unto death. And the man says, well, I've heard that Jesus, I've heard his miracles. He's back up at Cana. I'm going to travel up there as fast as I can. And you stay here with our son and watch over him. And and I'm going to ask him if he'll come back, if he'll heal our son. And you know, while I, I think of uh, a number of years ago when we lived in Crandall, Texas, and you got a call from a mom saying, you know, my son isn't feeling well, and I'm just wondering, would you, would you mind meeting with Dustin and just talking to him? I'm, I'm afraid he's, he's got anxious feelings. He, he's not sleeping well at night. He's seeming to have stomach problems. And, and I remember you agreed and, and said, sure, I'd love to go out with Dustin. I think we had nine or 10 years old and you took him to that famous Texas stop sign, the Dairy Queen. The Dairy Queen. Yeah. And you sat and talked to him that it, day. Yeah. And, and just even talked to him about um, some of the emotions he was feeling. Um, his family was in crisis. 
Uh, we didn't know at that time, but Dustin had um, terminal he, cancer. He would, yeah, he was diagnosed like a few weeks a, later, uh, just a few weeks later. But but one of the great um, one of the great aspects of this story because it's a it's a hard story. But Dustin uh, that day there in the Dairy Queen, he understood that he needed to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he did. And I was able to share that story at his funeral, and I was able to say, you know. Dustin is more alive today than he's ever been. Yeah. Because his body's no longer broken. Um, And that was a hard, you know, that still touches us all these years later. Because I remember just what a hard time that was. I remember you getting the call and you going into Children's Hospital in Dallas and sitting with his parents as he passed that Sunday night. And, um, you know, that's where this story, when I read it, you know, Jesus just spoke the words, and he said, go, your son lives. Um, and the man believed the word. But there are times when we know we go through hard sicknesses and diseases and illness, and we lose our loved ones here on this earth. But the thing that is the promise, the hope that we hold on to, Walt, is just what you shared, that as you sat with Dustin that afternoon and ate ice cream at Dairy Queen, he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And so we know that he is in heaven. He is alive eternally because he believed. Well, as we conclude this story, I just love this. As the man goes down, his slaves meet him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. And then they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. He, he wanted to tell everyone in the house, this is what this man has done. He was able to heal him from 20 miles away. And he was able to hear him, heal him immediately. There wasn't, didn't have to be a process. I love this, this story. And this is the second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. The, the changing of water into wine, and now the, the healing of this, this um, official son who's miles away. And yet, um, just when Jesus says, he lives, hmm. he lives. And that's a good reminder. You know, Jesus says, we can live. We can live eternally. And, um, and we will if we put our faith, if we believe in him. Yeah, and just to give a summary and an overview, in John 3, we saw a Jewish religious leader, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, come to visit Jesus at night. And Jesus had said, truly, truly, I say to you, you must be born again. We see the word believe appears 81 times in John's gospel, and we continue to read, believe, believe, believe. And then in John 4, Jesus had to travel through Samaria. He sits at the well and speaks with a Samaritan woman. He stays in Samaria for two more days, and many more believe in him. And then at the end of today's story, we saw a royal official, probably a Gentile man, His son's about to die, and he comes running to Jesus and says, come with me, come down to Capernaum. And Jesus says, go, your son lives. 
this Gentile man and his whole household believe, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, will have life in his name, eternal life. Jesus welcomes every person. You know, that Jewish religious leader, a Samaritan, a woman, a man, Gentiles, when you believe in Jesus, he will give you the gift of eternal life. This is an amazing book. And as we have gone through these first four chapters, it's been a great uh, season with Walk With God. And we want to invite you to join us for a Thanksgiving reflection on Thursday, November the 25th. Walk With God will also feature Advent reflections each week during the month of December. We hope that you will continue to listen. We give you our blessings as our listeners. We are thankful for you during this season of Thanksgiving. And until next time, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.